Hey everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's the Nerdy Podcast, first first just hosted by two Northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And this week we are going into... I've had it stuck in my head all week. I thought you were going to do the Avengers theme tune again. I was going, we're not doing Marvel again, are we? No, we're not. We are going into The Mandalorian this week. Yes. The, the series that pretty much has single-handedly saved the Star Wars universe, in my eyes. I totally, totally agree with you on that one. Um, it just came out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, because we were obviously expecting it, but were we expecting it to be that good? I no. don't know. No, not, not after know. what... Not after what um, what came uh, like before it, um, and even a little bit afterwards as well. But um, it was, I would say, one of the most special. Like that's probably the best thing, the best way to describe it. The special TV shows that has hit uh, in a while. So just before we want go into it as well, because um, I know we are both really excited for this one. Just wanted to state a fact as well. This is the first time in a while. It's just me and Sam. Uh, <laughs> with no special guests this week, and oh, we are finished, and we are finished with the the Halloween uh, episodes now. So we are bringing it back to the geeky roots, and where better to start than going we're back to the wars? <laughs> so it's lovely having guests, but it's even lovely just doing like a hostful, hostful <laughs> episode. Um, and just what better way to kick it off than doing the Mandalorian, just getting mm-hmm. into the nerd, the nerdiness of. <laughs> how amazing that show is. I even went out and bought myself a new <laughs> and I was going to bring me Grogu in and then I was like, I'm not tired. I might generally fall asleep on him. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Oh, little Grogu. But yes. Well, um, so yes, this one is a bit of a special one with it being the Mandalorian as well. Because um, mm-hmm. as we said before, we're expecting something good because all all leading to it, it was by John Favreau, who single-handedly saved the Marvel Universe. Uh, well, not saved, gave us the Marvel Universe, shall we say, yeah. um, kicking that start off. So, to be honest, there shouldn't have been any doubt leading into this, what uh, what we were going to get with the Mandalorian and the Star Wars. But for a TV show, that felt so much like my childhood watching Star Wars, episode four, The New Hope at the time. This was that um, from looks to feel. And um, I know we're going to go through it a lot uh, during this, but the, the sensible, I, I, would, I don't even want to say a clever idea, the sensible idea of using practical effects with minimal special effects as well Yeah, was the big plus for this because... Um, I think a lot of the newer Star Wars, or even when George Lucas went back in and decided to tinker with uh, the originals and added uh, bonus features or bonus aspects to it, um, it didn't need to be. And this proved everything right, or what was what was what's right with the Star Wars universe with the, how like the approach for it. Yeah, this was a a fanboy. <laughs> yes, because John Favreau is a huge fanboy. Um, living out what he wanted to see in Star Wars without essentially touching the trilogy or the trilogies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Before I go any further, I am going to do me just quick disclaimer. 
Mm -hmm. um, apologies if you can hear fireworks. It is November 5th in the UK, which is bonfire night. So there's a lot of fireworks going off behind me, potentially going off behind Paul as well. Um, and apologies if you're watching on YouTube. I have just messed around with my computer and my camera keeps jumping. So I'm very sorry if I come across quite jumpy. Um, but also everything that we talk about today is just, it's our opinion and our opinion alone. And if you don't like it, absolutely fine. Just come and find us on Facebook and on the comments. And we're more than happy to have a conversation with you. But what we won't have is any toxicity out of the conversation that we've had. Because we generally would just want to keep it out of nerdism. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's a word. Well, we've made it a word. We've said it enough now. So, yeah. <laughs> but, right. especially with yeah. the topic that we're going into, because we know mm. what this fan base can be like. like mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a small percentage of them. But if you want to talk to us, you can more than happy find us on Facebook. Yes, and and what me and Sam have always said when we've talked to other people we're in no means professing to be experts on the subject mm. this is just things we love <laughs> this is just things we like to talk about um if you've watched the podcast previously we do get things wrong we do get yeah. names wrong <laughs> quite often um but like i say i hope it does come across we have got a genuine passion for the, anything that is yeah. nerdy and anything can be nerdy and there's nothing more nerdy than the wars um and again um uh, Leading into that, uh, the responses we've had so far from, like, see the talks and um, even just the community itself has been absolutely breathtaking. So we are humble and very, very appreciative of all the support we do receive. But yes, so let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. So down to which? So Where do we start season. I one? yeah, we start like say with the basics. So when this came around, I think that, like say the trailers came out and. Um, I got a little bit excited and was like, right, it's on Disney Plus. It was going to be the 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 big uh, big show that launched Disney Plus, I believe, like um, um, in the I UK. I don't think that's the case. Um, it was it was all because we had to get it another way. Mm -hmm. um, Disney Plus didn't come out until twenty twenty, mm -hmm. so it wasn't. It, Mandalorian was not on Disney Plus. For its first season. All right, um, I thought it was. I thought that was the no, launch type one of the launch titles. Mandalorian two might have been. Um, Hamilton mm -hmm. definitely was, because that came on in the July. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mandalorian season one, we had to get by other means from our computer mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and have them downloaded. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't think it was on Disney Plus the first season anyway. I definitely the second season. I, def came I, out I, I think the Mandalorian came out in America on Disney Plus when it was launched, but then we got it, like, let's say, a little bit later, I believe. I don't know. I can't I just I do remember the day Disney Plus came out because it was an incredibly mm -hmm. happy day in my household because we were in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And the minute it came out, like midnight, the minute I could download that app, it was straight on, straight on every device that I have. Mm -hmm. It was a very happy day. <laughs> um, but yeah. but I think I think what Disney Plus has done well with shows like The Mandalorian and we've got with WandaVision, um, they made it so because a lot of problems with well not my problems that I like say I can't complain. I know my wife doesn't like to uh, like to watch show after episode after episode. Um, she likes a little bit of breathing space and it, it taught us to be patient again because as a child 
when we had TV shows, we didn't have things like Sky or uh, or on demand or anything like that. We had yeah. to wait each week and on that certain time. Um, if we missed it, we were fucked, <laughs> basically, because uh, because you, you were because they didn't repeat it either as well. So they didn't repeat the episode until like six months or even a year down the road. They didn't have Dave back in the day where everything gets repeated about 15 <laughs> times. But um, it kind of brought that little element back that I that I enjoyed, like the, the family time as well. Like me and Nick um, like got like got our food ready and sat and waited for, um, like I say, the Fridays when it used to be on uh, and then watch it together and like I say, talk about it together and, it brought that little, little bit of, uh, like, say, family time to, with it, which again sounds unusual with the talking about no. the Star Wars, but no, I, I love that aspect that brought back that back. Oh, definitely. Like we were the same. Like on a Friday night, we would get all like get tea ready, or you know, we would then settle down to watch the Mandalorian. I've just seen her do the most cutest head curl while you were talking, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. But it's the same with like I know. Batman Winter Soldier was mm-hmm. not really mm-hmm. received, but it's still each week we all we all settle down and we sat and watched each episode. It does bring that quality time back to watching mm-hmm. television shows and then being able to digest it, talk about it, and get excited for the next week. Because mm-hmm. like you did, you got really like I couldn't like, especially season two because season one we watched straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. We binged it in one night. Because we just right, got so- all the episodes and just watched it in one night. Mm-hmm. Um, but then season two, let's take our time. Mm-hmm. We had to go through. We were literally were going to do the same thing. We were going to say, oh, we'll just wait. We'll wait until the end of the series and then we'll just binge it like we did the first one. But as the first episode ended on the second series and the reveal... Um, mm-hmm. not the you're jumping a little bit ahead there so I'm not going to I'm gonna I, start. Am. <laughs> I am but then things started to become revealed we had to sit and watch it each week um, yes. but yeah we'll go back to the first series <laughs> um, so yes yeah, so this felt like what as I said the original Star Wars was to me it was like quite basic quite bleak mm-hmm. um, and say raw as well but uh, the, one of the reasons I like this as well um, I know I'm jumping, uh, jumping different uh, subject matters. It had a very much a feel like Firefly, like a space yeah, western, like, like, like junkyardy, yes, mm. spaghetti western in space. Mm. Totally get where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, and the characters in this, like I say, we've not had interesting characters in the Star Wars universe for a while, mm-hmm. um, especially in the new ones. There were some okay ones and some things that were fleshed out but again not to the point where you thought this was brilliant where these I guess would have been a TV show it, it give you time for these characters to grow on you and and care about them a bit more especially with the main character uh, like I said Mando uh, as he was later called um, by um, Carl Weathers but um, it's like I say it, it, it's just fun that's what I love about Star Wars you can shut down like I say it doesn't have to be over complicated um, over political either. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. I think we want to get that with the Boba Fett, but again, that's just jumping a, a bit far ahead. But like I said, just the opening of the first episode, it, it's in a cantina, um, and these uh, ruffians are, like I say, <laughs> like I say, space assholes, shall we say, are uh, acting themselves. 
and then uh, in walks, like say the Mandalorian, um, and from the get go, you know he's a bit of a bat, like going to be a bit of a bat, a bat badass, and yeah. um, just the way he simply no no nonsense takes takes knee shits, and for a Star Wars film, well Star Star Wars show, show that was originally for kids, um, it was quite brutally violent as well in the initially opening bit where he takes them out and then he gets the, the weird blue fish guy and um, then when he gets back to the um, the ship it's the Ravenclaw, is that right? The Ravenclaw, I'm pronouncing right? Or Ravenclaw? I so. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have names up so I'm going to say yeah, why not? <laughs> but when he gets back to the ship and like say they do the whole um, like the spiel of him, get oh I need, to, I need to use the bathroom and then you turn around and you will find out that he gets uh, he's got access to an old fi- old friend carbonate and we see that see him getting put in the carbonate which again takes you back to Empire Strikes Back with Han and um, it's like little nods as well I think you said it well like say a fanboy has made this show mm-hmm. and it this the fan service is done so well there's so many little hints and so yeah perfectly done um and I love how it's set. I think, again, I might be getting my timelines wrong, but I think it's set around six years after Return of the Jedi. But it's, it's definitely before, uh, like, say, the prequels. But yes, I think. Definitely, given the characters mm-hmm. who come in the second season. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I think you are right on the timeline. I mean, obviously, correct us if we're wrong, but it is definitely like a few years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, John Favreau just. He's. He's so good at storytelling without overcomplicating things. Mm-hmm. Like, look how basic Iron Man's story is. Mm-hmm. And he's done exactly the same with The Mandalorian. He's just, mm-hmm. he's give you a good story that's not too overcomplicated. Yeah. And I really, I appreciate that because my brain sometimes just cannot take it. <laughs> I learned that last night watching June. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so glad I knew stuff about it beforehand because if not, I would never have been able to keep up with the the mass amount of history that you meant mm-hmm. to know, and that's not what you get from Mandalorian. Yeah. You could go into this without being a huge Star Wars fan. No, exactly. Still, yeah, yeah, and still get yeah. something from it, and uh-huh. not being having because I think um, I don't know if it's a, it was a quote, but a lot of the uh, fans did say. Um, like the problem with the the new Star Wars films because it didn't branch too far away from the Skywalkers to really give us anything new, and I think yeah. someone come out like saying the executives. I, I don't I don't think it was Kathleen, Kathleen Turner or um, one of the big big wigs. Uh, it said um, you can't branch away from the Skywalkers. Fans won't accept that, and fans will not uh, like say be happy about that. Yeah. And the Mandalorian has proved you don't you can have stories in the Star Wars universe that doesn't involve the Skywalkers and doesn't even afford, like to a degree. I know later on we do get them, but without Jedi's as well, it's yeah. there's different aspects to the Star Wars lore that are quite interesting, like the whole backstory of the Mandalorian and the Mandalorians, um, like say how the like say live on the like ground and keep themselves in like the secret society and stuff like that. I love that episode where he gets his new armor, but you get to see mm-hmm. all of stuff with Mandalore and like, mm-hmm. it, it. It was always going to interest me because I was a huge Boba Fett fan to start mm-hmm. with. 
Like, I can't mm-hmm. tell you why. I really couldn't tell you what, what my fascination <laughs> is with them because if you just look at it from a film point of view, he's really not in it that long, but that yeah. suit yeah. is so memorable. I think that's mm-hmm. what draw, like, draws it because I'm very much drawn to droids. Yeah. And I think that, and I love the aspect of his suit. And mm-hmm. that's potentially what drew us to him. So I was always going to love this mm-hmm. show. And yeah. the cast in it is unreal. And, yes. and some people, some of them, an absolute shocker for me, especially Nick <laughs> Nolte. I, I knew that as soon as I heard his voice, though, as cool. As, took as me cool. ages. <laughs> <laughs> took me absolutely I have spoken. Ages. This is the way. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how me and Ant addressed each other for a long time. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> but, um, but like, see, having the balls as well to go with them, like, a, a, not a big name, but a, a, a named main character in Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian and not showing his face until when he does, mm-hmm. uh, that having that aspect and balls to do it, because you could have had anyone, and like I said, um, I think his like voice acting in it as well, because I know he didn't wear the suit all the time, like I said, it's pointless uh, having him there when he, like I said, I think there was a suit, uh, suit, do- a suit double at times, but uh, like, the tones and stuff he used, like I said, really give that character a lot of grounds, and um even like say acting within a mask, like subtle nods or subtle like say mannerisms, give give a lot of credence to like more because you, you do end up falling falling in love with the character of the Mandalorian. There's a romantic uh, element to it, not like sexual or anything like that, but it kind of like you you want to be like that. You want to be his friend and you, you want to help him if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense because it, it, that's but that's what I love about programs when you can. Mm-hmm. When, pro- when characters have such a development that you get on their level and you kind of either want to replicate that or, mm. you know, like find it in yourself, do it. And I always say that's a really, that this is what I, this is why I love character-based programs. I hate one note stuff. Like I absolutely adore the Royal Family, mm-hmm. the TV program, the Royal Family. And I love that because it's, it's character, without a lot of work going on, the character development is happening within it. And yeah. I, I gravitate towards that. And I mm-hmm. found the same with the, the Mandalorian. You don't get, you get to get yourself involved with a, with a person without mm-hmm. seeing their face. That is, that's a testament mm-hmm. to how brilliant he's written yeah. because you are wanting to get involved that you want. You, I just, I absolutely love how, how people mm-hmm. can write like that. Yeah. I am totally agree. Like I said, as you said, we're going back to the cast. Like I said, I don't think many people, like cast-wise, has hit the nail on the head as as well as this uh, previously or even going forward. Like I said, as I said, pa- Pedro Pascal. You said Nick Nolte was absolutely unreal. Well, you say he was just voice acting, but um, it was definitely his personality in Crow. He is in there. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. definitely in there. Mm-hmm. Facial features, like he is, mm-hmm. for all they've probably used a lot of puppeteering around him and a mm-hmm. bit of um, eye trickery, that is definitely him in there. Um, yeah. Even uh, Carl Weathers, I mentioned before, as, um, like I said, uh, the, like I said the, the, the guy that was giving out like the missions, uh, Grief Cargo, I think it was called. Yeah, um, you're going to have to he, apolo- I'm, we'll apologise in advance if we get names wrong, because my pronunciation is <laughs> fucking terrible. 
But uh, like I say, he was absolutely amazing. Like I know, as I said, probably coming into the like the Mandalorian, he was the big name. If you uh, originally in the first season, um, yeah. I know he's not done anything for years, but absolutely amazing in this role. Um, and give great gravitas to it as well. Um, like me going all big there, <laughs> but uh, big, big word for a Friday night. Certainly, but um, and like I said, just. Uh, his own again talking about mannerisms like the Mando. I like, say you, you can you can hear his tone and stuff, and yeah. uh, and how he gives like the missions and like say uh, even when they're given the missions like the little tracking beacon thing that's going off and you find out they have given that's like the, in the first episode when he's going to meet what was known as that then was Baby Yoda. Um, he was. That's like. Nobody else knew his, what his name was, and that's the reason mm. why I think we had to watch them straight away for because that was getting ruined. Like, True, and again, yeah, like I say, when I first watched that first episode, I hadn't had it spoiled, so when he went in, I didn't know what the the cargo was mm. going to be, and when you saw that open up, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was get, I need to know what's going to happen. I needed to know that information. Um, like I said, that was probably. The biggest surprise I've had in a Star Wars experience since yeah. Rogue One, and again, Rogue One wasn't really that surprising. You knew what the ending was going to be, you just didn't know how beautiful the film was going to be. Um, <laughs> what a lovely way to put it. That was no, that was absolutely spot on. You knew how Rogue One was going to end, you just didn't expect the beauty that came out of it. Mm. Um, going into the cast now, I'm not going to go into the, the woman's personal uh, life, but Gina Carano is Cara Dune. I generally love the character of Cara Dune. I really, <clears> really do. Um, I thought the second season, she was very much overshadowed by other actresses who were much better than her. But in the first season, when it's just her, I generally <clears> liked her vibe. I liked what she brought to the show. Um, it should have been the Disney princess that, that people could have looked up to. But again, we'll not go into that. No, um, we'll not. <coughs> oh, you're <both> <coughs> Um, as well, um, like I say, moving on quite slightly away from her, the one character I wanted to think he has it, he hasn't got the biggest role, but I think he does have one of the biggest impacts in the first season. He is a droid, Tiger White, Tiger White, as uh, IG 11, and like I say, starting out as a serial, not serial, um, trying to think, a bounty hunter. And turn by the end of the season, turn into a nanny droid, which <coughs> nurse droid. Nurse droid. Um, are you okay there? <laughs> I mean, pop went down the wrong way. Oh dear. Uh, but yes, uh, I think as one of the standout, like I know with Star Wars, like the droids are always like I'm all about the droids with Star Wars. I they always do have, have a, a bit of a standout, but he was one of the better ones. Um, exactly. You could tell by his accent. And even like say the sense of humor and stuff in it as well. Like when the cornered said, "There's no escape. I've got to press the self destruct," <laughs> and you can see the Mando's getting proper stressed out, going, "No, fuck off! <laughs> We're not going to blow." <laughs> it's just it's Taika Waititi's um, dry sense of humor. Um, but what mm. is really special about the first season, and even the second season that, that continued it on, every episode is directed by a different director. Yeah, and it doesn't and feel that way as well. Doesn't no, feel that it way. It does not. It only felt like that in the second season, and I'll get to it later when when one episode was very much fitting of the director who did it. 
Um, mm -hmm. But on this one, you could not tell the different. And I love the fact that they had different styles in there. They had mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard mm -hmm. as um, a director, and she was phenomenal. Tyga yeah. obviously directed an episode and then stayed on to what because mm -hmm. voice on um, mm -hmm. IG, is it IG Eleven. IG Eleven, yeah. Um, did Dave Filoni do an episode or did he? I, I know he had, I think he had something to do with the writing because I know he had, like, say, he was like, uh, yeah. Definitely had something to do with the writing because you would not have the second season as it is if yeah. Dave Filoni wasn't involved mm -hmm. in it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the, I love the fact that, and if you, there was a brilliant um, series on Disney Plus of the making. Of Mandalorian, and they go through each episode with every mm -hmm. different director. They don't do it for the second series, which I very much appreciated. And mm -hmm. um, they literally just did this is overall, and then yeah. they did the last episode, and that was mm -hmm. so special. Um, but to have, to, I think there was at least two female directors. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just all male centric. There was, you know, no. there was different opinion. It was just, it was phenomenal to see them work that way. And for, yeah. and for John Favreau to trust in that, because mm -hmm. this would have meant, I'd imagine this would have meant a lot. And it I think, I, I still think he was very hands on. I think he's going to be very hands on uh, with the Star Wars universe going forward. I think overall. If they don't, though. Yeah. The, the will the will have to lean on him. I think other people will have to let go of the reins and just say, right, John Favreau, do what the fuck you want. Because um, <laughs> uh, that's the name I was trying to name of before. Yes, um, I, like I say, but again, with any type of TV show, like it kind of lives or die by the bad guys as well. Oh. So the villains in the Mandalorian, yeah. especially they like, say the starting off with um, the guy. Um, Werner Herzog, who played the client uh, yes. at the start, who gives, uh, like, say, Mando the mission. He's the creepiest fucker uh, in the state. I want to see the baby. Yes. <laughs> or was and it like, show me the baby? <laughs> show me the baby. Um, like I said, you get very Nazi. Uh, again, I'm not saying that, uh, but you had very Nazi uh, vibes. Uh, Nazi like doctor probably, yes. to experiment. It's very much that. Mm. Um, but nothing beats Moff mm -hmm. Gideon. Yes. He looks. I mean, the actor, um, oh, uh, Gia Carlo Espirito. He's from uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. <laughs> the minute, I mean, that guy does bad guy amazingly, but the minute you see him full uniform, like, come on, he, mm -hmm. was, he was made to be a Star Wars villain. Like, that's mm -hmm. his purpose. Either that or Star Trek. I, I could see him as a Star Trek villain too. I think not on the same level, but he's been the, the best villain in the Star Wars universe since, I would say, Vader. Like, say, yeah. He's not come close to that level. He was definitely better in Darth Maul and like, say, uh, and everyone that, that followed. Even Count Dooku, Christopher Lee, oh. he wasn't, um, wasn't to my taste, shall we say. But um, like I say, Moff Gideon, like I say, there was a bit of realism towards it as well. Yeah. And just the fear, just the actual... Like say when he starts blasting the town at the end of like season one, mm -hmm. um, like without like with sheer abandonment of any type of like like worry about his own men or people there. I know again, I don't know of how many of these stormtroopers would be clones now. I think there would be people that's um, that's 
because like I say, by this time the, uh, the the clone element would have probably not been as uh, relevant. It's something that I, I generally don't know because obviously I'm only halfway through the Clone Wars and then you've got the mm -hmm. Bad Batch and I don't know where that follows into it but mm -hmm. if you're just looking at it from movie to TV and you know, mm -hmm. the animation side of it I generally mm -hmm. don't know if the clones would be still in use. Yeah. Um, but he commands such a presence without very much with doing very little. Mm -hmm. Like just standard, like, and you know it from like Breaking Bad. He was so softly spoken, but so fucking sinister <laughs> at the same time. And he brought that, but yeah, up it further. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I, I can't get enough of that man. I have yeah. him as a little figure sitting in my bedroom. <laughs> well, what I liked about the, yeah, um, what I liked about the first season as well, um, it did a lot of, um, shall we say, normal TV tropes. A lot of the stories that, like, say, were standalone stories that, like, kind of have like elements that mm -hmm. led into the the biggest picture. But, um, like, say, some of the adventures and some of the the things that they found themselves in or on were, like, say, they had the the episode where they were going to get double tr double cross when a young uh, unknown bounty hunter is trying to get his first name on the board and, like, say. Uh, that that kind of like say double crossing element there. They've done the whole pr uh, prison heist with um, Bill Mer. Bill Mer, is it? Uh, the, the comedian series. Yeah, that's the second season. Not Bill Mer's in the second season. That's where he's uh, in. Bill like Mer. he's locked up, but he's in the first season where they go. Uh, yeah, yeah. My it's, God, I need to rewatch that one again. It's the episode six, I believe. It's where they're going to they break into the ship and uh, to get the uh, the guy with the the things out. Oh my god, yes, of course. And it's got the worst. Honestly, there's only one gripe I have. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the woman who plays the one with the horns, she is features um Tonks in Harry mm -hmm. Potter. She's also in yeah. Game of Thrones. Honestly, just wanted that. I wanted her to go in any. <laughs> fashion whatsoever oh mm -hmm. my god after that episode's just come flooding back to us you also had um the, one of the greatest comedians that we have um moss from the it mm -hmm. crowd he yeah. was he was a voice actor in that as well richard richard adawadi um yes. i absolutely yes that episode has just come flushing back to us now and because of how annoying she was, and that brother was just as is not. Was it that brother or a lover? Um, I think though. Well, to be fair, it's, an, it's a far across world, so it could have been together. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> could there's, have been there's no there's, there's no judgment in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, Luke Luke kissed his sister. So that's true. <laughs> um, but he didn't know about it. <laughs> that's a whole other going, argument I, we can have I'm not going in the, it always reminds me of the sister you sick fuck <laughs> you sick son of a bitch <laughs> oh my god um, yep. yes that episode was phenomenal the prison break one I totally forgot about that um, because I only, the only well, the first series was the last episode where mm. I finally went this is this is something like yeah. fucking special so, See where it got me, where I thought this was going to be something brilliant, is the escape from when he when he goes back for the child after he gets 
um, when he uh, takes the child back and he decides he's not going to leave him there. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's a little element that uh, play on you as well. That like I say, when he plays with a little ball dial and stuff, and you can see them playing together. And he goes back in to get the child and call the Wellers and all the people saying, we can't let you take, you're breaking the, the, the code of the guild. Yeah. And then all the other Mandalorians come out yeah. and um, help him escape, but like blowing their cover. That that was me when I had full on fucking goosebumps because that was a proper battle scene that we haven't seen yeah. in, like I said, the, the Star Wars universe like to yeah, that degree. If, if you're not watching Clone Wars then you're not seeing the full power of Mandalore and like their, you know, what their suits can actually do. And, and to see it was absolutely, t- honestly, like talk about it. I'm quite glad I didn't go back and like revisit mm-hmm. it because I'm kind of liking the memories flooding back into my head right now. Like I literally yeah. have goosebumps just thinking of that episode where they mm-hmm. all come out of nowhere and yeah. it just showed, it showed a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, and with this as well, sorry, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Uh, this no, thing, or what, um, what my biggest gripe with American TV shows is they give you 24 episodes and half of them episodes are filler. Um, yep. And you get 19 seasons and it tells the same story over and over and just the same things happen. With this... <laughs> and you're just reliving Supernatural right there. <laughs> potentially. I'm not dissing Supernatural. I still love it. I'll st- I'm still re-watching it now, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll always say it should have ended a lot sooner. But uh, sorry, Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yes, with this, it was eight episodes a season and it was just perfectly timed. Like the timing in, in, in the episodes as well it didn't feel like a chore. Everything felt like say natural and like say the time and, and it gave the space. There was quiet episodes. There was action packed episodes to give you time to build up. I think the only episode where again, in the first season, I, I, I nearly didn't give up, but it was like, this is getting boring on um, too much of a trope was the one where, um, as you said, um, Cara Dune came into it where they go to that planet and the hiding and, the that's hiding in the woods and 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 the and he teaches yeah. the village how to fight. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh god, this is getting too too oh, yes, too did. much, yes. too much like a, a like I said a, a TV show. That is this going to happen every week where they go to a different thing? I'm and glad they, it didn't they, stay. They, tell you, they're gonna no. I was just gonna say that, and they go to the village and they sort it all out and everything's you know they can they can work on their own without his help and then he moves on to the next one. I totally get where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. That was my worry, but again, I'm glad they didn't do that. It was kind of like a one-off thing. Um, as soon as they got back into the, like, say, uh, him protecting as a, as we as we knew then was the child, or um, what people used to call shit, shit crazy when they called him Baby Yoda. Um, I still think that's funny. He is, like, say, a baby. And I just wish I, because um, did we ever find out what kind of uh, what kind of type of uh, animal uh, Yoda was, or? I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there is. Oh gosh, let's have a see. Because I, yeah, I don't think it was ever said. I think it was in some of the books or in the law. But again, it could be. Yeah, because and I and I think the Christmas special did they not have like other members of his family in it as well? Mm-hmm. Potentially, um, but yes. Speaking of, Life Day is coming up soon. <laughs> but, um, Certainly, but like I said, um, as a first season, uh, you always want to like see that climax. Um, I think it ends well the first season as well. You do, it doesn't give you too much information. You get the 
the coming coming together episode where uh, like Cara Toon returns to help him. Um, I can see uh, Carl Weathers' character kind of flip flops. He's going to be bad. Is he good? But he turns out to be good um, and does a really good turn. And then we'll get the pure badass of Hamas, uh, Gideon totally going crazy. And you're getting these new, uh, like, say, stormtroopers with higher firepower and uh, like flamethrowers. Like the, and then we'll get the t- turn of the, the nanny bot who has a brilliant ending and uh, like I say, when he goes in the lava, I don't know why it's a fucking lava river, but again, I absolutely why fucking not? loved it. <laughs> why not? Why yep. not? Because he was an absolute hero. Um, mm-hmm. He did He did what he needed to do, and mm-hmm. I remember bawling my eyes mm-hmm. out. I, yes. I mean, droids, um, I can't say this enough, are my thing. I cry every time, like, especially Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I bawl my eyes out. Absolutely bore me eyes out. Um, he's a K2SO. Yeah. Yeah. I always used to say K2S9, and I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the one from the solo as well, absolutely love that droid. But mm-hmm. not as much as IG11. Like, Taika just brought such a, oh, just such an element to it that you couldn't not help but fall in love with, especially as the nanny, the mm-hmm. nanny bot. That yes. And that's sacrifice. What did it go? <laughs> but he did it for the child like I say that's what he was programmed to do and um, he done it well but then like I say you thought that was going to be again not just the only tearjerker in that episode when then Mando gets uh, gets his wings and he gets the jet, jet pack and he becomes worthy to fly and he goes after uh, Moscovian's uh, like I say little uh, ship and they have the little fight on there as well which again goes all classic Star Wars like badass villain um, which is absolutely like say breathtaking to watch and done like I say well it's not done cheesily at all that's one thing I would say this TV show is uh, done amazingly it gives fan service but there's a serious lack of cheese which could easily be done especially with the tones and uh, with the, the aspects of it as well yeah. It reminds me a lot of how Rogue One was done. Because mm-hmm. if you look at not so much the new ones, um, but like obviously the prequels, even the, 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 the there's such a there's such there is a tone to them, whereas Rogue One and the Mandalorian have the same feel. You mm-hmm. get set pieces that don't look cartoonish. You have mm-hmm. colours that look realistic and beautiful, yeah. and it was the same with and um, the Mandalorian, like you feel like you could just walk into mm. there and it, it, it would be real. Whereas sometimes mm. on like some of the films, I'm kind of like, hmm. yeah, that, that's and, a bit far fetched. Uh, <laughs> I, I said there's elements in the first season as well that we haven't even touched on that I absolutely found was amazing, like uh, bringing back the Jawas and them little cunts. Uh, sorry, don't. Yeah, um, the way they acted, and um, I'm blushing now. (laughs) That's how, because that's how they made us feel. They get you so angry just because they're acting like little shits, and um, it's just well done. And how he was getting the best of them, and they beat them the way they did, and how they took his ship apart, and you're just like, fuckers. Um, and like, but even like, say, bringing back like. Uh, like, was it the sand sand people? Um, yes. And hearing their screeching tones as well. But that was the second season when they were brought in. But um, 
like I said, that's all the different like aspects of like Star Wars lore that they kind of touched on, but keeping it different as well. Um, it's like he was given permission to, you know, you can touch some things with it. You don't, it doesn't all have to be new. You're mm-hmm. allowed to dip into, you know, mm-hmm. the original trilogy and look from there and find things in there. And that's massive in the, the last episode, which I'll get into when we talk about the last episode <laughs> of season two. Um, but it's like he was, uh, he, but he didn't overdo it. Like it's mm-hmm. just little bits and pieces here and there just to make you remember mm-hmm. where you are and what you're watching. Yeah. And it, like I say, it brought in, like, uh, again, I've talked about great actors and stuff. In the first season, we only got like as in one episode, but we got more of her in the second season. Was um, uh, Fennec Mingyang Wen? I hope I pronounced that right. Um, she um, absolutely breathtaking. Like I say, in anything that she did in the Mandalorian, um, I know in the first season at the end of that episode, you think she's been left for dead, uh-huh. but we'll find out what happens later she, in the in the second that, season. That woman crosses nerd nerdism like nobody else she's in star wars she's a disney princess she's mm-hmm. in marvel Agents. like and the woman is in her 50s <laughs> and can move the way that she does she is absolutely unreal she is a beautiful woman um and fennec is just such a she was from the second she was on screen she was instantly interesting yes and I think they the realised that after the thing and thought, mm-hmm. we can't let this one go type thing. That's why I think she played a bigger role in the second season. Um, and again, the big reveal at the end of uh, the first season was uh, the Darksaber and the fact yes, that Moskivian had it. Yeah. And you see him on the top of the ship with the Black Saber and all. Oh, like, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't get the black, like, obviously it meant something, but I didn't get, yeah. like, how far. But now that I'm in Clone Wars, I kind mm-hmm. of get why it's so important. And it, mm-hmm. and it does help to know when you're going into the second series and why it's so important to Bo-Katan. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like I said, my expectations for the first season was blown away. I didn't expect it to come as 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 much as it did. Like I said, it had so many beats to the original Star Wars. Um leaning into the second season, I was a little bit apprehensive because I was thinking, how is it going to top what it's done? And that was we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, say, if you're talking about fan service, that's what the second season of the Mandalorian is pure and simple. Each episode it's something different and something that you were waiting for at the same time. Um, and again, I just want to say before we move on to the second season, I was absolutely heartbroken as well uh, with, with Cole dying um, the way he did and yes. uh, trying to get back to the ship with, with the child. Um, and you don't see him die. You just, you see him lying there on the floor. And like I said, that was such a, to have the balls to kill off a character like that as well because he had legs he could have um and he had a story as well where he was in um he was a slave to the federation and he bought yeah. himself out and that was his uh choice to like I say to live his, the way he d- decided at the end and like I say, he didn't have to get involved no, so that was he even quite easily walked away from them yeah but 
and that was even why it was so heartbreaking to to lose him the way we did. Yeah, he's he was a special character, and I was deeply heartbroken when he was we, I, when he wasn't going to be in the second one, and it was the same with the nurse droid as well. I was so gutted we weren't going to see it, but with the second series, I didn't expect what we got because yeah. again, I was very much I could not see where this was going. And I was happy about that. It didn't mm-hmm. feel predictable. Like yeah. you couldn't, I couldn't say, well, this is where it's going to lead into, because I generally didn't know. And no. the relationship, though, between, mm-hmm. um, now we know his name is Grogu, and mm-hmm. um, Mando was one of the most beautifully written mm-hmm. relationships in television for me. Yeah. The, you don't see a lot of it in the first series, until because he, he's, he's just a it's just a package to him to start with and then a connection starts to build but it's not really there until you're in the second series and he's like he walks around with him in a pouch on his yeah. side like and he's totally happy with that <laughs> and it's just it's I just I love that relationship so much and just the father-son Mm-hmm. as well yeah it definitely grew into that in the second season mm-hmm. but like i said it was surprise after surprise i know there was always um rumors and stuff that we were going to get uh, certain things like um bringing in characters like uh rosemary dawson as a, sh- a shoker was absolutely Ahsoka. perfect Ahsoka, sorry as perfect uh casting and um even the makeup and everything done was absolutely oh, amazing i know phenomenal yeah, I know a lot of people have been waiting for a long time to see about see a live action Ahsoka um, as well, and that, that was the perfect episode for us to give us his name yeah. as well. Uh, it wasn't rushed, and again, like I say, the actors that was involved in that episode we had fucking Michael Bain as well. Uh, Bain as well. Oh <laughs> fucking... my god, that episode! If we're jumping into that episode, my mm-hmm. god! So Ahsoka Tana is like one of my favorite characters in Clone Wars. I absolutely love her. And I'm just trying to see if one of her, some of her stuff somewhere. But I absolutely love her. But I love her voice actor as well as mm-hmm. the acting, who is, you know, she is a massive, massive nerd. She created mm-hmm. the um the brand Her Universe, which has mm-hmm. a for female like nerds, not just to be, you know, your shirt, your t-shirt and your jeans nerd, mm-hmm. go into like dress elements and she does a sofa Tuesday, like she's totally, totally heavily involved with the character, has been from day one and still is today. And a lot of people were very much defending, not defending, but like kind of why wouldn't you use Ashley Eckstein as the mm-hmm. real Ahsoka channel in a live mm-hmm. action thingy? Now, I get it seeing Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka channel. Like, yeah. I get it. I get why they didn't. Um, but she, she came out in full support and um, she did say yeah I was really disappointed like I'm not gonna lie it's a human mm-hmm. instinct like I was really disappointed I wasn't thought of to be mm-hmm. the actress to do it in the live action given you know my status with her but mm-hmm. at the same time I do see where you're coming from and she congratulated Rosario and it was just beautiful and mm-hmm. um, yeah but I, I guess I get it but a, a soccer older mm-hmm. wouldn't work with Ashley, how she looks. Ashley is a very petite, blonde hair. Ahsoka mm-hmm. grows to be incredibly tall, um, muscular, like very almost 
like as in a gal i can only describe it as a gal gadot kind of like mm-hmm. yeah see? like that's how mm-hmm. i would have pictured her um and that's just not ashley yeah all. and it's a shame because it would have been lovely as a tribute you know as it's just something for ashley like she's been this character for so long and she's mm-hmm. put her whole life into it um and then not to be picked for the live action it's like, um, but that's the thing though because voice actors I know it sounds like it might not always be you might have the right voice but you've got to look the way as well so I can always understand things but oh, um, but Rosario knocked mm, it out of the park that 100% the Jedi I have mm, watched a million times because it does it's, yeah it's a very one. it's a very samurai feel as well it's a very so not different. a it's not a very western feel it's very like Asian cinema that one this one was directed by, and this is the director who I was referring to earlier, is Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You can feel Robert Rodriguez right the way through that episode mm-hmm. because it does have, there is a bit Western to it, the mm-hmm. scene between uh, Michael Bean and mm-hmm. Mando when they're ready, ready to draw, but then at the other mm-hmm. side, you've got Kill mm-hmm. Bill going on yeah, with the <laughs> Lucy Lou fight ready to take <laughs> place, um, yeah. which was on fucking real the whole episode from start to finish was amazing and i am so glad that ahsoka decided they sent them on their way yeah. and she didn't take them because well, her journey mm-hmm. is leading her to yeah. something Thrawn. yes Thrawn. sorry i just had to see buki's names like <laughs> right there <laughs> No, I think, like I say, that's what the thing with the Mandalorian two season two give us a lot of great ways and a lot of different um, more stories, shall we say, that we're going to get mm-hmm. from the Star Wars universe, and yeah, also yeah. as well, um, like I say, the, the starting point absolutely brilliant done the way they led into the first mm-hmm. episode with, um, like I say, the Timothy Dalton um, as character, the Timothy yeah, Timothy Oliver, sorry, Timothy Oliver, that's Timmy, one Timothy Oliver. Um, That's one. Timothy Dalton. I was going to say <laughs> that Bond. Would be now. Interesting. Yeah, that doing would a bit be Bond. Yeah, well, so look, tell look, Timothy. I just, yeah. I just call him Danny Cordray, but you can also yeah. call him Mickey if you want from Scream Two. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like I say, his character was done so well, and like the tease that they give us at the start mm. with the well, as soon as you saw that suit, you were like, "Fuck me." Yes. Um. Bubba, and it didn't turn out to be Bubba, and I was like, "Oh, is Bubba is really dead?" And again. We find out later that he, that he wasn't, but it's funny enough. We were talking about uh, before we started. You've seen the movie Dune. This yeah. episode was kind of like the movie Dune mm-hmm. in, in a little yeah. bit with the sandworm and uh, the 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 yeah, pearl know. of the dragon and stuff like that. And that again was done so well. Um, like I say, talking about the, like the sand the sand people. Um, mm-hmm. And then Mando breaching peace again, uh, going into town and saving them, but done it in a way where it didn't feel like forced or cheesy. Yeah. And I love the element where it was like, you've got to give us that suit back. You do not belong to that suit. I have to take it. And um, like I say, I don't think we've seen the end of, uh, like I say, Timothy, Timothy no. Olfen's character, because I think rumours he's going to be in uh, Booger Boba. I hope so. I really hope so. But I love the fact that he, he did hand it over. But mm. what I also love is that obviously we do get Boba Fett back. Are the, are the tease as well at the end of the episode and you see uh, the, the actor who um, played him in 
in the prequels as well. So his dad also voiced the clones in the Clone Wars. Like he's mm. he's been in Star Wars for a very long time, and I am so happy in my little nerd heart that he was cast as Boba Fett, and then is getting his own fucking series out of it. I mean that is a payoff as an yeah. actor. Like that's the payoff. You know, you put the work in. Like he's he did Bad Batch. He's done the Clone Wars, and there's a lot of voices in there to do because he does them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just and he's also the dad in Moana. Um, <laughs> but I just absolutely love the fact that they used him. What really got me though was the suit, the shiny suit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like, I, I want. I was like, how has he managed to do that so quickly? <laughs> shiny well, suit. Come- We'll come to that in a second because, uh, like I said, there's so so many other elements I want to talk about before we get to like the really interesting parts and the big surprises that mm. like say, um, the episode. Uh, but um, again, like I say, with this season, like the fan service and the casting was done perfectly. Um, the only thing that made us feel uncomfortable as well was the one where um, the travel from when we get introduced to Bo uh, Bo Katana as character. I think it's the second episode of the. Thing. Where they're taking the frog creatures across oh, uh, the universe, yes. and I've never and felt ba- I've never felt pressure like it, like intensity before. <laughs> yeah, and Baby Yoda decided that he wanted to eat the eggs, and I was like, "No, that's not quite right. That's someone's children. So please, please stop that." Um, <laughs> And then, like them, like say that ice spider things was generally fear-inducing nightmare fuel that, um, and it brought elements of, um, like I say, what, um, like the road squadron's doing now, like I say, the Rebel Alliance, um, mm-hmm. place in the universe, which um, yeah. was was quite quite an interesting take. Um, again, we were brought back into Jaina, um, like I say, uh, Cara Dune's character, how she's basically making herself legit and taking taking care of the planet, which yeah, was Republic, getting... Yeah, Republic yeah. Um, I think that's what the badge they offered her towards. But again, mm-hmm. again, interesting character develop- character development, bringing elements there that that you needed. Um, but that was the only episode that made me feel comfort- uncomfortable when Baby Yoda was keep uh, sorry Grogu was keep eating like say the, the frogs eggs. I was like, oh God, stop that! And especially when you saw them hatching at the end when they were together, and Baby Yoda's like turned his head sideways like I still want to fucking eat it, but no, I no. Still want uh, to eat you. E when he's eating them blue macaroons. Oh, <laughs> oh <God. laughs> yeah. he's just so adorable. I couldn't get through an episode without just ooing and ahhing. And like every time I walk past him in my bedroom, I always have mm-hmm. to go, Oh, you're so cute! Like, I just couldn't get over the level of cuteness. Like, it, it made us want to cry every yeah. time he was on the screen. <laughs> it was getting. So must like not for me. It was getting very exhausting for Anne mm-hmm. because it was every two minutes I was like, "Oh, look at his face!" I would have put you outside. <laughs> <laughs> it came, I came very close. <laughs> but, um, again, fan service. I think hiring Katie Sackoff as Boba Khan um, after she voiced her in the. In the, was it the Rebe- Rebels or the Clone Wars? It was, I think it was Clone, I think she was in Clone Wars and Rebels. And this is the argument that people had over Ashley Eckstein is yeah. because Katie Sackhoff. But Katie is a physical action actress. 
Yeah, she, I wouldn't fucking mess with her. No. <laughs> like, what was she? She was in Battlestar Galactica, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah. So she's done a lot like, of sci-fi, yeah. She's done a yeah. lot of TV shows and stuff. This is our bread and butter. This is, like, what she does. So to have yeah. her be in Bo-Katana completely makes mm. sense. Um, she was dodgy in The yeah. Flash. I wasn't sure about her accent in The Flash. <laughs> oh, I couldn't. I, I didn't. I stopped watching after that. That was. See, do you know when you were talking earlier about American series where they have like twenty odd million episodes, and the majority of them are fillers. The Flash got like that for us. Oh, it's still and that's why we stopped yeah. watching. But yes, um, and we've got like I say the wonderful um, Sasha Banks as one of them as well. That was done perfect Hello. casting. Uh, Mm-hmm. Love that girl. I thought she, uh, I love the fact when they bring wrestlers in and they don't overuse the wrestler moves, but you get one. Yeah. And uh, she like, did it to Bob. She did it to Boba Fett mm-hmm. in the bar when they ha- when they get into the little you know little standoff type. Yeah. Her. Um, and she only and I think she did like a DDT or something like that. Like a, a uh, spot, like, I, I, she just like a hurricanrana type thing. But um, yeah, yeah, like I said, it was so well put together and stuff like that like the little bit of action and little, like the, the fight scenes but um again just because they know of Bubba's uh, back like history and stuff like that they know um like I said that everyone's not very trusting of them and stuff but even the standalone episodes there's aspects to like I said certain certain ones that's absolutely brilliant um like one of the uh, the, the ones that's breaks me um that that was the first time i like to see how proper sniffled was the one with uh the return of bill bill burr yeah. when um the need has when they needed to find the information to get uh where yeah. like i know i'm jumping ahead here uh, but no, it was one of my fa- it was it was one of my favorite episodes where they're having to break into like i say this for like like bunker type thing where like uh, to basically find the information where they were go- going to be Moscovian's ship was going to be, and that was where um, Grogu was going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, the, the sheer will and determination of Mando to get in, where he changes uh, out of his outfits into, like I said, a general's suit, and they're going into, um, like I said, the quarters where they need to like, scan his face. Mm-hmm. Um, to basically to do identification and you see him for the first time take the mask off in front of people and stuff and you, you can see the pain that he did it but he's like right I've got to do it for the Grogu and uh, Bill Murr's character Mayfield he knows how much that meant to do that mm-hmm. and he was like look fuck I'll not tell anyone nobody needs to know that this happened and uh, his reaction as well when he's sitting with that uh, like I said the, like the Admiral Who's played, who's played by the creepy guy out of uh, Game of Thrones and he was in Piggy Blinders as well. Um, I'm sure he played one of the, the Ice Queen, the, the, the Ice Kings or something like that. Oh my God, yeah, he did. It was not the final, um, it was the Night <laughs> King. He, he played him in like series three, four, five. It wasn't the last Night King that we got. No. Yes, it was him. Yeah. And like I said, just turned on, knew that he gave the order to kill... Mm-hmm. Uh, like his friends, his family, and you knew he wasn't going to let it lie. And even though it was pretty much causing them, they're going to p- pretty much die if they did this. And he just turns around and shoots him. And like you're just like you give yourself a little, like you you punch the air, get fuck yeah, well done. And 
the action scene to get out of there it's like a proper little heist thing and it's done amazingly well to the point where i was like this episode i was in tears yeah yeah totally i i think i think i might have sniffled because there was a mm. lot of revelation in there and a lot of growth as well and um, mm-hmm. the fact that mando took his helmet off yeah that was that was if that's all that happened in that episode Mm-hmm. That would have been enough, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was so it just again develops mm-hmm. him more yeah. than what you think you already know. Like it's so many like layers to him. Like mm-hmm. it, that's just really good writing. Like if I take um Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead as an example, you've got a you've got Daryl Dixon, you get to know him throughout the first few series, and then you've got an idea of who he is. And it's not been until a new writer has come in over the last few seasons that you just get another another level that added on top of them that makes them even more special. And that's what they did in Mandalorian. They just add new levels to them mm-hmm. to make them just that little bit more interesting, special, mm-hmm. relatable, um, someone you can root for. Like it yeah, was just, oh, 100%, 100% agree. But it was done in a way that was... Because you've you've only got eight ep- eight episodes a series, mm-hmm. it's done so cleverly yeah. that it's not like a forced. Ooh. That was the word I was going to use. Like I said, there's nothing in the Mandalorian that feels forced or like thrown down your yeah. throat, no, which we do get in different different concepts and different aspects. Definitely. Even the aspect when, um, like I say, Boba Fett gets his outfit back. Fuck mm-hmm. me, that episode's absolutely brilliant. And when you see Boba in full. Uh, Boba, Boba uh, Fett in uh, in full flight um, when he finally gets that armor. When, like, say that you see them um, them machines. I forgot what they're called now. Are oh, the robots? They have the special name, but like they say, they were like death robots or something like that. They take off with, uh, with Grogu after he sent the message for a Jedi to come and uh, yeah. come and come and help him. Uh, but seeing uh, seeing Boba get into the outfit and just go right fuck you all and you see him totally taking people down fucking knee rockets you, yeah. how do you expect to see knee rockets in, in a Star Wars <laughs> you, do not, you do not at all that episode was that episode was so intense mm-hmm. um, when Grogu's on the rock because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's going to happen there and then Yeah, you're like oh is someone just going to come now is but that that's, what we're waiting for but then Again, because we're going to lead on to it now, that's when yeah. the guessing started. Yeah. That's when we start thinking, because we're, we're talking about timelines and saying which Jedis are still out there. And the and... one, yeah. So that, <laughs> that, the final episode um, is the rescue. Um, mm. I've watched it repeatedly. I've watched the episode um, for the first time after it originally aired, and it still broke my heart. Um, and I've seen people's reactions to it because I love watching people's reactions to programs, <laughs> especially when you know there's a big climax going to happen and you like you want to you want to relive mm-hmm. what you felt when you watched it. Um, yeah. The guessing of who is it going to be? They mm-hmm. could. A lot of people, and I, I never got this because not everyone's played video games. Everyone was saying oh, it's going to be Cal Kestis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the, that, that was the big rumor I heard. I think a lot of people spoke about. And it would make sense mm-hmm. for Cal's story. Totally makes sense, but you can't shove a character in from a video game that not everyone's played. That yeah. doesn't have an impact. That doesn't have 
what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that episode was just, again, like I say, I get goosebumps thinking about it, just like from the start to the end, because you get, like I say, you get to hear, like I say, a slave one doing slave one, being fucking like a badass at the start. Then you get the whole, again, I'll repeat back to what I think I said during the, the Marvel podcast. You get the, the woman power, but not done in a way where it's thrown down your neck. Like the women, like say, uh, Bo-Katan, uh, Sasha Banks's character, and Cara Dune and uh, Fennec going fucking taking over the ship and just being right, doing it in a skillfully way where it's not saying this is women doing it, but yeah. again, in sci fi, yeah, in a generic way, which was breathtaking to watch. And mm-hmm. again, I'm I might be choking up a little bit here because it is emotional the, the way this episode plays out. And then you get Mando who's fighting against, uh, like I said, the, the Darth Troopers, Darth Troopers, Darth, Darth sorry. And you're thinking, oh, these are fucking like terrifying, the breaking the shit down. And like Mando's barely keeping it together. And he pressed the button, airlock, you go, oh, see for now. If you, were, look, if you were paying close attention, you could see that they were coming back. <laughs> yeah. Because they oh, had no. jetpacks on them. They were coming back. He was just biding time. Um, but to see the damage that they could do to him, mm-hmm. even though the damage on his mask, perfectly fine, if you noticed, what was happening mm-hmm. was he was just getting pushed into the wall. Yeah, oh, that was, like, the wall was caving in. That was absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, But then, sorry. No, no, I'm just going to help you to lead into the scene with Grogu. And this is where the tears started for me. Not quite yet. Like, say, the bit, like, say, I got excited as well, is when uh, the Vandalorian spear came out and you get the, like say the, the saber fight, and you notice that he doesn't cut through, and like say, and then he takes he takes the uh, like say the Darth saber by force, and it's black saber, yeah, um, yeah. But it's the scene where he's he's tormenting them. He's mm-hmm. got the black saber above Grogu's. Oh yes, yeah. You like even when he turns the saber off, you like you can't trust this motherfucker. He's gonna do yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's where the tears started. It was his little yeah. face. When yeah. he's sitting down and he's got his little handcuffs on. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> so he gets and he gets so happy when he sees Mando as well. And he his thinks eyes just like glow up. Um mm-hmm. and then that epic fight, like as much as it's a small fight, it's still a big one. Yes. And I don't if nobody knows the the history of the Black Saber to own it, you have to disarm the person mm-hmm. who had it. And I didn't realise that at the time. Because I wasn't heavily into Clone Wars when I was watching, yeah. so I'm glad they explained it later on. <laughs> yeah, but um, like I say, that's going to be leading into where I think season three potentially yeah. is going to go to. But then, like I say, you get them all in that room. Like I say, they've taken over the ship. Moscovians defeated, and you see the Darth Darth troopers coming back, and you think, "Oh shit!" They barricade themselves in, and all you hear is. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, little good. girl. Yeah, Diana, there. We just fucking Yeah. Yeah. So you see all, the, like, see that aspect uh, coming into play, and you think, right, what's going to happen? Who's coming to save the day? Someone's coming to save the day. And the mm. fact that you see, you see Grogu react before you see the um, X Wing mm-hmm. flying by, yeah. that was a sign that 
this is what we've been waiting for. This is this is the moment. And that's the, the point as well, because you say, as you said, the X Wing comes by and you go, is that, is that Red Five? Fuck, it, that, 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 that's, that's not happening. Yeah. It, and you, you start building the excitement, and you think, because you, you yeah, don't want then, to allow yourself to believe that it's loose gonna, until yeah. you see his sabre go green and you're like, all right, Mark, and shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I say, you see the hood going on the ship. And then you see everything going on, and then and then you see the fear in Moss Gideon as well, and he's like, "It's a Jedi." And you see him; he, he takes the gun. You think he's going to shoot someone in. He tries to kill himself. Yeah, then so ends that one. Because <laughs> at the time, um, like I said, Jedi's were feared; like they didn't yeah. know what the reaction was going to be. And do we get a fucking Vader moment or not? Because we get a Vader moment. That was. <laughs> absolutely one of the best choreographed mm-hmm. scenes ever and to the fact that he got it mm-hmm. just they got it so perfectly like mm-hmm. they did in Rogue One like that is yeah. probably one of the most exciting parts of Rogue One apart from you know how beautiful it is but that exciting wise that is, is it and then um, the, the, the the choke man when he yeah. fucking just pokes them out squeezing. oh my god that was always the element with Luke because he does have the element of the dark side in, in him. And well, as you said... It's the, he has the balance. He has the balance mm, of the force. He can yeah. use both sides, but he's so balanced. It, it, you mm. know what I mean? Like, he's not going to go either. Yeah. But that's when you see, like, say, the glove, and you think... Because that was, the, like, the touching point there, because it was like, it's a Jedi. We know it's a yeah. Jedi. It's him that. Then you see... He's got one... He's got a black glove. It cannot be yeah. fucking... And then, then all you see is a lightsaber go, but it's mm. black and white. And then you see it green and you think mm-hmm. it's Luke Staber. And honestly, I lost my shit. I cried, like ugly cried, because I was yeah. that happy to see it. Yeah. And then, again, I know the, spe- the special effects did get a lot of shit, but I still think it was done well. And that That's element... Eight. Oh, no, go on, sorry. Go on. And that element, and using Mark Hamill's actual voice as well... Um, no, but using Mark Hamill's voice, that is Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is behind that. If you watch the last episode of the making of the last episode, um, that is Mark Hamill mm-hmm. and, a, and a young actor who everyone thought it was Sebastian Stan yeah. because of the pictures. Everyone was like, oh my God, it's Sebastian Stan behind that. It wasn't. It was genuinely Mark Hamill standing behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an, another actor that was used who looks, I mean, it's spooky when you see how much he looks like young Mark Hamill when he's mm-hmm. in his early 20s. And they used the two of them, mm-hmm. um, especially for movement, because they needed someone his exact height for in his 20s. Um, but when he's standing still and talking, it's all Mark Hamill. But the mm-hmm. way that they did it, because they knew, they, they knew that the shit that came from Rogue One they understood yeah. that but they really had to they had to try and they trapped a guy in a room who does all of this and it was a deep fake and he programmed the deep fake to every single image that belongs to mark hamill he put it into a computer to create the face that you get and mm-hmm. it is unreal when you see the work that they put into it you can't say that that's a shit job you yeah. can't it's a lot a lot of work and something that i think needs to be tried and i was fine with the mm-hmm. the way that they did it in raw one because you've got to take risks 
Yeah. And I know it sounds cheesy. Like I got excited when I saw, like, say, Luke stand there going, it's really Luke. But a little bit inside of us got more excited when R2 popped up. <laughs> so, this is, so if you watched the, the last episode, John Favreau, this explains how much of a fanboy John Favreau is. So when they do in the episode, the they were very conscious on leaks, like really mm-hmm. conscious that this was going to leak out and they did not want this leaking out. So what they did was they created a diversion. They created that it was going to be Plo Koon, who is my mm-hmm. favorite Jedi, um, to be the one who comes and gets Grogu. They did set pieces, masks, clothes masks, did all that, did concept art, made sure that if anyone was going to get anything, that's what it was going to be. Um, and then Dave Filoni, who obviously is part of it all, when they were talking about the fact that you can, we're going to have Luke as the, the Jedi who comes, um, do you want to use R2? And John Favreau was like, didn't realize that was an option. <laughs> I didn't generally like, he's, he's saying like I've never I didn't think that was an option. And he went, well, you got Luke, you can, mm-hmm. you can use R2. So when they're filming it, John Favreau has to go and stand when R2 comes behind him, has to go mm-hmm. and stand in a corner because he's crying his eyes out because his childhood hero mm-hmm. is standing right in front of him and it's not Mark Hamill, it's not Luke yeah. Skywalker. It's R2-D2. And he went, that was, he says, I don't cry, don't get emotional, but that broke us as a human being. Yeah. And it's such a lovely story. The making of it is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Really fascinating. But yeah, um, like I say, and Grogu's and R2's interaction was so, like, little, and but <laughs> it was done so it's well. So it was so R2 as well. The fact that it was hard. It's a, it was a hard episode. And said, when it was finished, he'd never seen me cry so much mm-hmm. before at a TV series. This broke us. Mm-hmm. It's because he was they were leaving. That father-son connection was definitely like it was cemented mm-hmm. and he was going to be leaving him. He takes his helmet off. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the saving part of it all is when R2 comes round, you know he's in good hands, you know <laughs> he's got a friend and he's gonna yeah. be okay. And like it made me feel better knowing that Grogu's got R2. Yeah. Just hopefully he doesn't, still... get, doesn't get annoyed by C3PO. He started talking, I'm like, out of here. Um, <laughs> but it, as a, as a, on a human level, absolutely broke us to be yeah. goodbye. The goodbye we didn't want, but mm-hmm. it, it was the leading force of the story. It would have been yeah. completely a disservice to us as audiences if mm. he didn't complete his mission. Yeah. And the way that yeah, and the way like I said that goodbye was done perfectly. And the fact that Grogu wanted to see his face just by reaching his hand up and touch it as well. You knew and how much it meant when he took that mask off. And he didn't uh, hesitate. He no didn't hesitate, just came straight off. And it was just it's a beautiful scene that mm. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to watch. Like I, I, I purposely haven't been able to watch these series because I know where it's leading up to. Yeah. And I can't. I did it the other day, um, just to see if I was over it, and I'm not over it. No, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> this, but, um, is not, this is not good. But yeah, like I say, that's how you do. Like again, a surprise, but doing it in a way where it's it's. 
it failed. It's not just shoving something in for the hell of it. It it yeah. meant something, and it's yeah. and it will mean something. Like anyone who revisits that or watches that for the first time and being introduced to Star Wars, like I say, as we were as kids, like I say, I hope they do it the right way and show them that first. It'll mean just as much. Yeah. Um, I, I think this will hit a, a level of children that I don't think we would as fans expect because of Grogu. Like, mm-hmm. I am not one, I, I always get annoyed at companies who bring out little figures, like little characters. My company did it, bring out little mm-hmm. characters, and everyone goes, Oh, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And every, all mm-hmm. these merchandise stuff coming out. Well, Grogu was exactly mm-hmm. the same. And yeah. I absolutely fucking jumped on board, like, seriously jumped on board. I, I got it. Like mm-hmm. I totally got it, and like I wanted everything and anything to do with this mm-hmm. little tiny cute creature, even though it breaks my heart every time I walk past him because he yeah. is sitting in my bedroom in teddy form. <laughs> I have a builder bear of him, um, <laughs> but I just I totally get it. Like my friend's mm-hmm. little girl is utterly obsessed. Yeah, Roger, that it's got her obsessed with Star Wars. I say it's going to be like say the, the entrance for a lot of young nerds, which is again. Mm-hmm. Is what we want to be, and I do believe, like, say, if we're going to, like, say, leading on to where we think the franchise is going to go with the Mandalorian, like, say, not just talking about because, yeah. like, say, the Book of Boba is supposed to be the next thing. We're going to get the Ahsoka series. I don't know if Rebels is still going to get made. I don't know, like, say, what's happening with that. But yeah. where where Mando's story goes now, I think it's going to be. I do think him and Grogu will cross paths. In the future, but I think we won't see that to maybe season four, season five. I think if I think at the ending point, because there will be an end point. Um, John mm-hmm. Favreau is not daft. He knows he he knows when mm-hmm. he knows a, a good series length without getting people. Mm-hmm. You know, like The Office went on for mm-hmm. X amount of series, and it, it it you know you need you need a point of where you have to stop. And I think John Favreau will know that point, and I think that's when you'll see them come together again. Yeah. And for the next season, I think it's just going to be as basic as a new mission. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still going to lead into, like, say, the, the conflict's going to be there between Bobatan and and Mando. Oh, and I think that's going to want. She's going to want to save her back. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's going to be the one that leads into maybe the end of season season three or um, yeah. further. But as you said, there'll be missions to go about. Like, say, there's a lot of uh, galaxy to to go about. And to be honest. It'll probably be him coming to terms with the loss yeah. of um, like Grogu. There's and there's going to be a lot of grief in there. Like regardless, like he's, I know he's still alive, but he's not with him. Like yeah. they had something. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's going to be dealing with the grief that Grogu's gone. And like, what does he do now? Like, does he yeah. just go back to his old life, or <laughs> like what? <laughs> and I will <laughs> say that. Dealing with yeah, I will say this as well. The one thing that, again, didn't bother us as much, and it should have, is the fact that they'd made mention of midichlorins in this. Yeah. Uh, they just called it M-count in this in in, in the Does series. Does that make feel better? Uh, kind of, but uh, I still, it, it's, it still pisses us off that they've, they've brought like, the force into some kind of like generic... Uh, blood yeah. disorder but again but it shouldn't be it's just it should have been as it was i, I always felt like the idea of the force being very spiritual yeah and i totally get what i do get where you're coming from i just kind of ignore it 
but I like this, like say the continuity of it as well, having that aspect and like hints towards, like say the prequels and stuff. Um, I do think potentially we might get like say because we've got the the, the sequels after, um, like say before, well before the Mandalorian came out. Um, so again, they've got places that can go to lead into them as well. So they could see characters being developed that that we've already seen uh, yeah. so far. So again. Uh, we might even get a young Han and Leia having a child and, like, say, Mandalorian meeting that being child. Ben as a ba- yeah. Being Ben as a baby. Like, there's so many possibilities mm-hmm. um, of what they could do. It's just... It, it, it's John Favreau. You just yeah. don't know. You just I'm excited. I, again, excited. there's not many TV shows that still, like, bring this yeah, type yeah. of wonder that you... you when they come into season three or season four, you know where it's going to go and you don't know where this one's going to go. And again, I love the aspect that they've got rid of Grogu at this moment. Yeah, I think, And I think there's going to be crossover of elements as well. Like, say, I think we'll probably see Ahsoka more. I know she's getting on series, but I think she'll be coming back in. And I think Mando will probably be crossing paths in other shows as well. I yeah. think we'll see him in the Book of Boba as a, an appearance, maybe not as a recurring character but like it's a one-off no, type episode yeah it's the, the future is brighton the future is star mm. wars at the minute there's, <laughs> especially in tv um, yes isn't it amazing just how a tv show TV can re-enlight it <laughs> right. mm-hmm. because i am i am not going to shit all over the last three films because there is elements in there that i absolutely fucking love but mm-hmm when you've got something so consistently good as the Mandalorian, you realise like how, what's the word I'm looking for? How fucking lazy were you in your writing? Because it comes from the writing. Everything Mm -hmm. comes from the writing. I think it was just, I think it was out of fear as well uh, of not trying to steer too far away. Like I said, just saying we can't move too far away, but like I said, this is proven you can and I hope and I hope they do realise this. And again, all the new things that they announced from from the, the back of this, again, I can't really say anything bad about it. Like I know Disney and, like I said, all different avenues are, are taking a lot of gambles now, especially in the Marvel Universe with um, what's coming, shall we say. Um, I don't know if you've seen the new Venom film yet. Right, so I'll keep your no, gob shut. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. The internet spoiled that one for us yeah. so yeah i know what's coming with that um the i just want the, the pace to pick up like mm-hmm. i love i used to love this time of year um because we were getting hyped up for a star wars film like mm. you know the countdown started of when we're mm. going to see like either force awakens and this and i don't i don't have that anymore so i need i need them mm. to pick the pace up well, Book of Bob is the next one out, I think. But like I say, if they're, if they're going to keep making the quality that we've had from The Mandalorian, I'm quite happy for them to stay in the TV yeah. show. I don't have to see them on the big screen. No, um, no, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with the TV mm-hmm. quality because it, it allows for great storytelling. And I mm-hmm. think that's what they're finally starting to see in television. Like It's amazing how television is starting to overrule because well, that's where the, got the time to do it. Yeah, I think the streaming sources and the like subscription payments are making uh, yeah. a lot more decisions that way. But yeah, um, I'm excited Very where excited. it's going to be. And um, I never thought I would say 
like I say, because we had a lot of dark years when it came to Star Wars and stuff like that. So I'm generally really excited about what we are going to get. Um, and like I say, there's again, even if you have the one bad episode, I, I, can't, I can forgive them. Um, just like say, keep doing what they do. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, I can't. I just can't agree with you more. I, I really can't. There's nothing not to love about this, and mm-hmm. well, from my perspective and obviously from <laughs> yours. Um, so there's there's our thoughts and feelings on the Mandalorian. <laughs> so it might feel a bit. It might feel a while since the last Mandalorian came out, but again, I think it's a perfect time because this is about the time of year when we did get the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, so it kind of leads in quite well with that. And I'm glad we were able. Uh, to talk about something about sci-fi that's not horror yeah. as well so yes, it's, it's getting us back a, in the groove absolutely we just needed uh, needed something to get away because i am very fatigued with horror at the moment mm. and needed something that was a little bit more light and fluffy shall we say and i thought star <laughs> wars was perfect so this was my choice <laughs> well, to be fair next week's is going to be a bit more fluffy but not not as much light because we've, we've got two guests joining us next week uh, Martin and Jake, and um, we're going to talk everything about wrestling. Yes. So, yeah, so next week we're going back to top fives as well. So we're doing top five wrestlers. So you'll have to think that. I'll send the messages out as well to make sure that they do get their yes, top fives get in. Get your list ready. I know you will be listening, Jake and, <laughs> and uh, Martin, Martin. So get your list ready. Um, mm. But yeah, can we just quickly promote um, the live stream? Yes. And also the boot club, because I promised Charlotte last week that I would always promote the boot club. Yes, so we do have a boot club running uh, alongside the Nerdy Up North uh, community. It's called the Nerdy, Nerdy Up North Boot Club. Um, I think like, I'm, I'm not as hands-on with the boot club as um, as other aspects, which is quite surprising, knowing how of a control freak I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did let the reins go, but it is run by, um, I believe it's Charlotte and, Char- who and Peter. 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 So Charlotte was on last week, our lovely guest from last week, and the, mm-hmm. and she joined us for the trailer reaction, and she'll be joining us again, no doubt, because she is absolutely phenomenal. And I said I would mm-hmm. always promote her book club. So please yep. go and join for this month's mm-hmm. group, which I cannot remember what it is. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> yes, but um, again, like I say, you will be probably be hearing a lot about this. Like I say, I'm going to be promoting it pretty much every week on the podcast and on the Facebook group whenever chance. We are going to do a live charity stream on the 28th of November on a Sunday at 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. We're going to have a guest every hour. Uh, me and Sam's going to be surprised and we don't know what the topic's going to be. So you'll see some expressions. You'll probably see me going, right, Sam, you talk about this. I'm going to hide. And she's going to probably do it the I'm same thing at times. Yeah, I'm going to go to the toilet. Your talk. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Um like I say, the more support we get for it, like I say, the better we are. Uh, raising charity for the Willows Cat uh, Sanctuary. Um, we've raised half of our goal already. The goal was to raise £200 and we're at £107, I believe, 100, awesome, uh, um, which has been absolutely amazing. So, And we haven't really promoted it too much as of yet. So, yes, get yourselves on the Facebook community. Like I say, there is a good laugh going on there. Um like I say, we'll have uh, weekly competitions, or not weekly, monthly competitions, where potentially you could win uh, nerdy T-shirts. So, like I say, we're going to do, be doing quizzes soon. And we do have, like I say, if you do contribute a lot, we do have a monthly vote where you can be vote King of the Nerds for that month. Which, um, we all ca- hail our reigning king. King, King Kevo, first male king. The first king two 
Um, we had Queen Donna and Queen Charlotte. So the only problem is me and Sam can't be nominated because we run the place and that would be kind of shitty if we get named. <laughs> we would just become the Michael Scotts of the Derry yeah. of North. If you're an office fan, you will know what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, all, re- all hail our King Kev at the moment. Yeah. Um, his crown by Kelly was fantastic. <laughs> awesome work, Kelly. Yeah. The Crotchworth um, Queen, shall we say. Yes, she is. But yes, and the this live stream is going to be very, regardless of what happens on the day, it really is for a good cause. Like, it generally is. Me and Paul are both cat parents. It means a lot to us. It's in our area. Um, so, sorry, I just heard my cat going nuts. Or is it your cat? <laughs> my cat, sorry. She's falling off the chair. I was like, hang on a minute. Can I hear your cats while I'm trying to talk about cats? Oh, hey, Dinah, baby girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so cute. Yes. Um, like I say, we'll, this episode will be on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Um, like I say, it'll be on YouTube. Please follow us, um, subscribe. And just before we go as well, with the certain day it is, I want to give to say this. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, powder, treason, and plot. We see no reason why gunpowder, treason should ever be forgot. So a qu- quote from... The brilliant film V from Vendetta. So yes. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for um all the likes and comments of all of our videos. Totally appreciate it. Gonna take us out, Paul. Yep, same bat time, same bat channel. See you nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.